Hello. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science likes smooth or pulpy orange juice. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Christopher Teabag Gibson, Namaste BA, Namaste Shmoopy and Cameron Shmoopy Shearer. Good results Chris and good editor's comments Andy. Viewer feedback, Andy. <coughs> oh, oh, people. Oh, I'm allergic to your niceness. Yep. Uh, I didn't everywhere. even cover my face then because I wanted to have dramatic no, effect. I had my mouth open as well when you said <laughs> Good. Um, so, smooth or pulpy orange juice? Schmoops? I like them both. I'm happy with the pulpy orange juice. What not, do you prefer? Come fussy. on. What do you like? What do you prefer more? If, right. if you come over to my house? Smooth. Oh, really? All right. Smooth. Uh, yeah, I don't like the pulpy bits. Yeah, I'm the like same. The, I don't like the texture. And also in the UK, it was like orange juice with no bits. And mm. I was, I think it's like indoctrinated me to not want bits in anything because I was like, mm. well, what are these bits? Like it wasn't it? orange bits. It was just like yeah. bits. Like the crunchy bits in peanut butter. Bits. Yeah. Lots oh, of bits. But I like crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> so what, do you, what about science? Oh, <laughs> I, I, you know, this could be one of those instances where I'm not really sure science would even care about pulpy <laughs> or smooth orange juice. That's... <laughs> That's a difficult question. I'm just going to throw a smooth out there because the pulpy bits are empty calories. All right, good. Are the pulpy bits empty calories? I don't know. I think pulp is fairly empty of calories. It's just fibre, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, well, the- but fibre is good for you. I was, I, I'm, I think that maybe the pulps are healthy, and that we need to to view some um, nutritional information. I think science would consume the most nutritional of the two. So pulpy. I think pulpy. Yeah. And but, but I thought pulp was the white bit. Yeah. Well, it's just like oh, the no, skin. That, no, that's, pith. that's pith. Oh, I got mixed up. Shit. <laughs> a little bit. Pithy. Pithy orange juice. <laughs> that's a pithy comment. Oh, a bit yeah. bitter. Yeah. Uh, and I think science would like the bits because it wants all the bits. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's my only that sounds ominous. That sounds ominous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he maintained a lot of eye contact with you then, Schmoopy. Oh, God. What's that? That's, that's got, news for the week. That's got pulp in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's got all sorts. Actually, oh, I almost made myself a bit sick doing that. I can't, like, as soon as Schmoopy and I made eye contact, I had to like really commit to it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, I feel a bit sick. Um, all right. I'll go first. News for the week. Oh. Yeah. Last time on the podcast, I was talking about entering Pitch at Palace, I think. Oh, you were. You're going to talk to His Royal Highness... The Duke of York. Yeah. Which yeah. is, a place, it, which is yeah. a place in England. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, so I... Do you remember I was very confident about getting through to the Australian finals? I would say that you were blasé. I was the most blasé... I think I've ever been about yeah, a pitching I think, competition. I think that Blazanus hid gross overconfidence. Yeah. Well, guess what? Not very well. Guess what? What? I got through to the finals. Oh, well done. Yay. 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 Um, how many 
people got through. All right. So from the Adelaide round, there were 28 or no, 25 companies. Okay. And the top 12 got through. So that's pretty right. good. So you're in the top half. I was in the top half. Nice. That's good, isn't it? That's nice. Well done. I don't know. Did you mention on the podcast that you were going to do a bit of theatre? Or was that at dinner that you mentioned you were going to do some theatre to be memorable yeah, during you've your got talk. to be. That's right. So each, I think uh, the the formula of a good pitch is that at one point, I mean, it includes loads of things, but at one point you have to have a bit that people talk about you about. Mm-hmm. So does that make sense? <laughs> talk about talk you about, about it. Yeah, yeah. So that, like for me, so it has to have a moment <laughs> where they're like, hey, that guy that did that thing, that was fun. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was throwing a load of papers. So I read the title of my talk, uh, my one of my papers, sorry. And I was like, you know, I was so excited about my discovery. I couldn't tell the, wait to tell the world about it. And how did I tell the world? This paper, multi-layer organic photovoltaic approach to blow. Like it was just yep. really boring. I can't even remember it. So mm. Did you choose your most boring paper or your favorite paper? My favorite paper. Okay. And uh, also it was one of my most earliest that I actually remember being excited about. Yep. Like it, it actually coming out. Mm. And uh, obviously from that title, I think the, the average person would have never have understood that it was a solar paint or like a step towards a solar paint mm-hmm. to replace solar panels, you know, paint roofs. And that ended up on a TV show, that didn't it? ended up it? on the ABC uh, New Inventors, yeah. Well done. But you would never get it from that. So that was kind of my hook for science communication, like why we need it. And then I was like, and then I had my paper with me. It was 12 pages and I chucked it up in the air and it fanned and I actually threw it over the vice chancellor of UniSA <laughs> who did not look very happy. <laughs> did any of it uh, hit him in the head? No, uh, Tanya Munro was questioning up on the stage mm-hmm. as well. So a bit of networking with a good old Tanya Munro. Well done. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that worked. So My bit of theatre worked. Did anybody, do you, did you get feedback that somebody remembered that? Yeah. Do you know what? Like, Well, first of all, I think like my pitch is quite strong anyway. It can certainly be improved, but I'm a good public speaker. I'm flamboyant. Like someone said, you're flamboyant. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care about being flamboyant. Um, mm. But people would come up and were like, oh, like, great pitch. The, th- the th- you know, the, the, the throw. throw. The paper. Yeah. And it was always that that they'd come up and talk about. Like, and that's what you need. Nice. Someone flew a drone, which was cool. Ooh. So it was a one-handed drone system. So that's their thing. You know, the people that fly the drone. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. So anyway, so got through to the boot camp in Brisbane. Ah. So yeah, get this man. He had to do crunches, push-ups. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, burpees, some army men got in my face. You would have hated that. Oh, absolutely. I would. Yeah, I would have left. And you really did hate it, didn't you? No. Do you know what the boot camp? <gasps> so normally, when these sort of things, boot camps, uh, people take it to heart and they really feel like they need to like pressure test you and really put you under pump. But my mentor that I got assigned was absolutely lovely. He was a lawyer, tech lawyer, and uh, CEO of his own business from Sydney. Um, and he just was full of great advice. He didn't no, try to no change hazing, anything. No hazing. No hazing. No, he's going to connect me up with a few people, which I need to be connected to. So look, oh. overall, really great experience. Great. Ended up having uh, to do another pitch and then a 30-second pitch. Oh, that's barely enough time to throw your paper in I know. Air. Well, I didn't throw the paper for that one because I would have had no <laughs> opportunity. Uh, interestingly, I went in with to this 30-second pitch and I was like, I'm going to tell them, as much as I can in 30 seconds, which is actually just the completely wrong thing to do. Because in 30 seconds, mm. people can't take on information. Yeah. They want to feel a connection to you. So I actually, just before I went on stage, I changed my pitch. Oh. Like literally just as I walked. Like, wow. 
That's so, what happens in movies. Yeah. So I know. <laughs> tell me about it. So I actually planned Whoa. this pitch where I was like, verbalize.science, we're unlocking the value of research to make sure that every replay, you know, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I trying to get across all of this information? Because all it's going to come across is a wall of people and they're just going to go, that's too fast, too much. Yeah. So it's like, how do I make them connect with me? And so I went back to uh, what I guess I've been preaching for the last two years, which is like storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I went out and I told him like a 10, 15 second story and along the like, same lines that I was saying earlier about my paper. Yep. I was like, this really upset me. It wasn't good enough. I'm creating artificial intelligence tools for scientists. If that interests you, come and speak to me so we can unlock the value of your research. That's oh, what I said. Oh, very right? good. A lot of people came up to me after that and was like, uh, a VC from Bond University came up and spoke to me okay. and said, we loved your pitch, like great personality. And I think mine stood out just because I wasn't trying to get across loads of information. Yeah. It was literally, this is my story. This is basically how I'm doing it, but I'm not giving you the details. If that interests you, come and speak to me. Mm-hmm. So 30 second pitch, hard work. Well done. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and now, what's the prize for winning that pitching competition? So, uh, getting through the boot camp, I actually get access to the Duke of York's business networks. Okay, wow. is that is that a lot? So, let me let me give you an example. One of the other groups that came, the, one of the other businesses which I've seen for a while, they're brilliant. They're called Athletes AI. They uh, use camera and um, AI to like uh, smartphone camera and AI tools to do analytics for tennis or cricket strokes and that sort of stuff. Okay, you I'm love good. it. I'm, really, su- I'm surprised you yeah. listened. Oh, well, to be honest, as soon as he said, he actually started his speech with like, I love sports. I was like, oh, switch off. Um, no, but look, listening's great. really important. Listening yeah, is crucial. It is. Well done, Gil. Stop foreshadowing. Um, uh, anyway, so he said, I want, so as part of each pitch, we had to give an ask. And my ask was like, I want to be connected to journal editors um, mm-hmm. to unlock the value of their research, blah, blah, blah. He said, I want access to the CEO or an introduction to the CEO of Wimbledon because I want I want my tool to be used in for their athletes. Well, right? aim high. The next day, he was copied into an email. His Royal Highness, the Duke of York, will requests a meeting between the Wimbledon CEO and Athlete AI guy you know, Whoa. so the Duke lends his personal brand, yeah. uh, the, his kind of uh, social capital. Very hard to say no to exactly. that, isn't it? He's like a genie. You should have asked for a mansion and a swimming pool Well, you know what? Like, I was thinking like... <laughs> more wishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what you do. You ask for <laughs> more wishes. wishes. Yeah, and then he has to do it. Um, so look, I, when I first read this pitching competition, I was like, oh, it's not very good because it's just connections. But now knowing that uh, I no longer need yeah. to work, go into a company and work my way up, I go in at the top mm-hmm. and work my way down. Or if, if people at the top don't like it, they don't like it, you move on. But at least then... If they don't like it, you go above them. To <laughs> Jesus. Above the top. <laughs> Science. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, so anyway, so look, that, that was it. Didn't get through to the global final. So I had a one in 42 chance um, of getting through. Didn't get through, but that was fine. Look, the, I've, I'm already a winner okay. because of that, that ability to connect and network now with CEOs around the world. Mm. Well mm. done. Thanks. That's well amazing. done. Well done, BA. Well Thanks. done. So that's my news. Very exciting. Now you go, go you next? go next. You go me? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, man, I have to follow that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, well, I've got amazing news. Oh, do you get Actually, I don't have too much today. 
we do a survey, user survey for Amref. You sent that. That looked boring as shit. Australia. <laughs> and this is just... <laughs> It looks so well, boring. You, you've had some good news. Let me have some of mine. <laughs> all right. And my good news is that we didn't really have any all that many disgruntled users in yeah. 2018. So uh, lots of good feedback from people, and that's great. And so we'll this is see what so happens. for the people that don't know what you do. This is for the equipment that you manage. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So we send out a survey to all the users uh, as many as we can, and they fill out this uh, online form. Yeah. Or survey, or whatever you call it. And then they uh, collate all that data and tell us how great we are. Great. And the overarching message was we are great. Are you the best? Uh, we were above average, I think, in most things for the nation that the metrics were reported. So, yeah, we're the yeah. best. <laughs> Good on you. We're the best. All right. Now, on to... Got to talk about the graphene thickness paper. All right. What's happening, mate? Over 8,000 downloads Whoa. from the journal website, the journal Nanotechnology Impact Factor 3.4. Is that scaling with citations? Uh, well, it's got loads of sites. So it's now got over 90 sites on Google Scholar, mm. 91, heading towards 100. Good on you. So, yeah, amazing stuff. Now, this is big news. All right. Big, big news. I will be special editor of another special issue of a journal. What? Yeah, yeah. You still didn't read is any your, of those emails I sent you Is today, your first they? special editor over? Is that... It's done. Is that all done? I Finished. thought that this, the emails you sent me were like because no one submitted a paper to you and they were trying to get more papers for the one you were doing before. But this is a new one. I didn't realize that. It's a new that. one, yeah. This is a new one. How did yeah. they find out about you? Uh, I'm well known because I'm an excellent scientist and yeah, I'm famous. Yeah. Apart and, from that. Uh, I don't know. They just found out. And Weird. the uh, journal is Applied Sciences, Impact Factor 1.6. Woo! you got to start somewhere, mate. got to start somewhere. Wait, but your, what was the impact factor of your previous journal you're a special editor for? Uh, slightly larger than 1.6. Right. Three point something. Was it really? Yeah. Oh. That's right. So the subject of this one is quite different from the previous one. Right. This one is fabrication, characterization, and application of carbon nanotubes. All right. The uh, special issue before was just application of carbon nanotubes. All right. <laughs> I've switched off. So the, I was looking so at the, the different. Th they're different. Uh, yeah. They're different? Uh, this one's got fabrication and characterization in, in the title as All well. All right. What do you want? Put a, put a call out to pee poppers. What, what's I'm the deadline? I'm putting the call out. And, and this journal is allowing me to give away uh, five free waivers. Oh, five. I didn't know you got five. Five. So uh, you copied me into that email. Can I just put something in? I'm sure I've got something on carbon nanotubes that I could uh, pull together. If, and uh, I could, if I can't get it into an MPEG factor 1.6, there'd be something wrong with the world. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'll have to check it out to see if the if it's worthy of publishing. So uh, it, probably it will be. It probably won't be. Will so be. Um, yeah. I can almost say definitely it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> Without even seeing it. So um, yeah, that's going on. So anyone out there who wants to send me papers on carbon nanotubes don't send them directly to me go through the website uh, and the journal the website? applied sciences applied sciences.com applied sciences i'll be sending emails out to uh, scientists about this so yeah free waiver so think about that now discovery grants arc grants came in on the 27th of november yep let's have a little quick chat about that all right okay so um oh can i do an intro for this do it Oh my God, the ARC grant application round funding announcement is out. I hope I, oh, I didn't get fucking anything. Mm, yeah, yeah, lots of people are probably saying that, but mm. about 20% people 
got funded. So was it that high? Twenty percent? It's approximately twenty percent, I think. So um, hang on, you said you got facts and figures, mate. Yeah, well, I don't have the uh, exact facts and figures of that. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got facts and figures, you've just got, not all of them. You got selected facts and all figures. Right. selected facts. Fair and enough. Figures. So right. it, they were announced last Thursday afternoon, which I think was the twenty seventh of the eleventh, yeah, twenty eighteen, and. Uh, that's very late. I think we mentioned this. I think you mentioned there yeah. was a Twitter ARC handle. delay. Hashtag yeah. ARC delay. So um, yep. government needs to pull its finger out on that. That's pathetic. Anyway, Ooh, let's have burn. a look at Flinders, UniSA and Uni of Adelaide, how they did in Discovery Grants, DECRAs and LEAF bids. Let's okay. do it. So for Discovery Grants, Flinders got 15. They got one DECRA and they got two LEAF bids. All right. What was the 15 what? Decras, uh, no discovery grants. Discovery grants, all right. Yeah, so decras are for only for early career researchers, and leaf bids are linkage infrastructure, equipment, and facilities grants. So that's mainly to buy equipment. Okay. Um, UniSA discovery grants seven. Whoa. Decras, I couldn't find any under UniSA. Zero. No, I, Zero. I, I, I saw. I didn't see leaf any. bids couldn't find any. Well, UniSA. Yeah. So let's let's ponder that in a second. Uni of Adelaide discovery grants. 29. Oh, that's Decra, huge. Four. Did you just wink? Leaf bids. Three. I love how Cameron's taking credit for all this success. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so Cameron wins. Uh, and you you last worked at UniSA. Yep. You lose badly. Oh, all right. I'll accept that one. Um, Sorry. So what's interesting is, and I just want to throw this out there, UniSA had a rather heavy restructure recently. Yeah. Uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah. And... It hasn't so far translated into increased grant success. Mm, Interesting. Not, not ARC grants anyway. Okay, so they're being more successful in other grants? Well, I don't know. We don't have our your selected data doesn't cover Well, other, considering other ARC grants are often considered a benchmark for how well a university is well, doing. So these are category A grants, right? So that's what everyone's going after. But I know that UniSA are trying to diversify in terms of like uh, industrial money so you think that that's where they might be maybe that's where they're focusing yeah i don't know but it's a i mean it's so much lower Mm. than the other ones they would certainly be missing out on something i mean i doubt that they would be finding enough industry money to cover that for the the shortfall i was a bit surprised by that but anyway um so there we go all right let's give a Oh, is that Gibbo? He's quite far away. Is it? Is he smaller because he's farther? Oh no, he's walking towards us. Oh, I guess he's quite skinny. He's here. He's here and he's buff. Um, previously was one hundred two point nine yeah. kilograms, and Lauren in her um, her ESP section of her skill testing. So pregnancy. That's the pre- <laughs> pregnancy superpower. One I made a meal of just then. Um, she predicted I would get down to one hundred two. Wow. My next and I weighed in at 102.1. Whoa. I tell you what, within error, she's got it. Very close. Those those clairvoyant powers are real. People. Yeah. They're real. I think we've just proven it basically. Yeah. And apart from that, I think that is it for Gibbo. Boom. Schmoopy. Since we last had a podcast. Yeah. I've had three papers accepted. Oh, Whoa, you are going well crazy. So I had a good couple of weeks. Ding, 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 ding. ding, 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 ding. Two of them were absolute nightmares. And mm. one of them I forgot about until <laughs> just then. I was I was looking up for the journal name of one of them and I, and I realized I had another paper accepted. I completely forgot. 
But oh, well done. So two nightmares. The first nightmare was is published in the journal C. I think I've talked about this oh, before. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. Journal of Carbon Research. I had a invitation to submit there and a fee waiver. Yep, lovely. Um, and then it got reviewed and it initially got rejected. What? And I couldn't oh. believe it. Yeah. How, how can an invited paper get rejected? Mm, yeah. And I do appreciate C publishing my work now, but its impact factor is low. So it doesn't have an impact yet because it's a new journal, yeah, but it's okay. probably going to be somewhere around two. So you're saying don't be fussy. You should be thankful for anything you get. I, I think he, what he's saying more than that, he's saying they should be thankful for schmoopy work. Yeah, for schmoopy work. Look, some people are saying that, and I wouldn't say I disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but the Good. nightmare's over. Well, the nightmare is now over. It's accepted. Well, right. So initially they rejected it. I wrote back and just said, hey, I don't understand why you've rejected it. Here's my responses Didn't to all the reviewers. <laughs> and they wrote back to me and said, okay, you can submit it again. And I said, and so I just submitted it. Again, and then they reviewed it again, and I've had two reviewers say this person hasn't done any of the things that I asked them to do in my uh, in my previous review. <laughs> uh, did, had you done anything? No, because no, I didn't want to. Okay, fine. They asked for more experiments, and I didn't want to do any yeah, more so experiments outside of the scope of this paper. Yeah, for yep. for, for future work. So hold on yep. a second. You argued with the bouncer. I argued, and with you the, got into the club. Wow! I argued with the bouncer twice. Yeah, because it got re- initially rejected, and then I didn't bother doing most of the things in the reviews. Wow, that's a weedy bouncer, isn't he? <laughs> you are. I mean, well done, <laughs> well done. Because, so anyway, so, I mean, yeah. But you're at a stage where you're having papers published and you don't even know about it. So you're just like, whatever, here's my response. Take it or leave it. Yeah. I don't care. Well, that one, like I'm, I'm corresponding in first author on that one. So that one I do care about. Okay. All right. Good, and good. I, if I started it all again, I wouldn't submit to C. Right. That's for sure. Applied sciences. <laughs> 1.6. Okay. The next one is work from uh, a PhD student that I used to – how do I say it in my grants at the moment? Unofficially supervised. Yeah. Um, has published a paper in which one? Energy and Environmental Materials. There are so many journals now with a different combination of those words yes. that I cannot work out whether it's good or not. So this is a new journal. Right. So it's not one that you recognize, no. even though it does sound like one that you do recognize. What's the one I do recognize? Well, there's energy and environmental science. Yeah. And there's energy material. Uh, sorry. And there's uh, advanced energy materials. Yeah. Which is also similar. And applied yeah. materials and energy. Is there really? I don't know. I made that up. But I I'm think sure there probably is. is. I think there is. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, and so that one's published by Wiley. Andy oh, Hope. that's a good one. Oh, yeah, we yeah, love Wiley. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Wiley. Um, so that's probably going to have an impact factor probably around five or six. Seems mm. to be what these Wiley um, type of materials. They always seem to do pretty well. Yeah. Okay. And this one has been submitted to five different journals wow. along this path. But it found a home. It found a home. Found a home. I mean, the more that you're in this game, Schmoopy, are you really sort of like blasé now about like send it to the top and work work your way down? Like, so we didn't really do that. We've we've maintained at the middle almost the entire time. Okay. And so this one, I think that like it it is the probably the second best paper from Lee Ping's PhD. Yeah. And he would have had fifteen papers. Yeah. And a lot of them are in higher impact factor journals than this one. 
for some reason, we just never found a reviewer-editor combination that accepted it. Wow. That does yeah. happen. That does happen. Uh, oh, and the last one uh, is accepted into ACS Applied Energy Materials. <laughs> Can you can you see why I forgot the names of the journals that were accepted in? Yeah. So it's, that's this is another new one. So an ACS series of this applied energy materials yeah. type space. So it's probably going to have a decent impact factor as well. Yeah. And what, what's that one on? So this one is work with a PhD student called Harry Trixliner, who's recently finished, and Harry, Harry H E R I, I'd say double R. Oh, French. Double R. Uh, he's from Indonesia. Mm. Okay. That's a common name in Indonesia. Mm. I've worked with some Harry's before. Harry. Uh, and this one is looking at dyes for dye-sensitized solar cells. And I helped out doing IR spectroscopy. Oh, great. There you go. So, Hang on. So IR's no, nothing to be on a paper for. That's just a black box you push a button on. <laughs> we did some extreme IR. It's extreme, that's right, yeah. <laughs> keep, keep, your not, keep your out of the loop science opinions to yourself. Let us cheese away. <laughs> Don't start besmirching our cheese. Hey, look, I was there. I know, I, I know the game. Uh, very good. Uh, and last week, the Vice Chancellor of the University of Adelaide mm. had a meeting with the research leaders at yep. the... Department of Chemistry. So I spent an hour, maybe more, maybe two hours in the same room as the VC. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, and he really went in and there wasn't a real agenda, but he kind of took over the meeting and he was really good at involving other people. So this is a room with professors yeah. down to me. Yeah. Um, I was probably the lowest one there. And yeah, he was just talking, asking each individual person kind of what they thought, how chemistry was going and what the university could do to be better. Yeah. And often these talks in rooms like this are dominated by the professor level mm, people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Whereas he was like, you know, we, we all introduced as our, ourselves, but he was, I forget everyone's name, <sighs> but he would just say, oh, and you, yeah. what do you think? Yeah. Uh, which, which I think is really good tactic That's great. In, That's great. in meetings like this. Yeah, to get, good leadership. To get people to speak. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't happen in our regular departmental meetings. No, right. Um, Someone just dominates. Yeah. 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 Good. Well done, VC. Very What's good. his name? Peter Rathjen. It's time for Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Um, the topic of the day is balancing family with a science career. Oh, how's it done? Oh, and also how's uh, it done? We're uh, in the parentheses. We have includes partners and, of course, not just kids. There's many kinds of families. There are many types of families. That's right. Um, so, Gibbo, I guess we're going to lean on you a little bit here, considering that you have got a you're a proper person. I am. I'm, with I'm, uh, I'm all man. A proper job. Yep. And a proper family. That's even though that's I've supposed to be true. Yes, got a lovely partner and a beautiful cocker spaniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you do it? Yeah, so I mean, exactly what we've got. We've got three different kinds of families here at the moment. There's me with a couple of kids, Smoopy with one on the way, and his lovely wife, and you with Kate and your dog. My lovely partner, Kate. <laughs> Good. And not your dog. What's your dog's Sophie. Sophie. Your lovely Sophie. That's right. Anyway. So, uh, I'm the person with the kids. So, any advice I give on this or any comments, 
are what people I think should do and what I should do, but not necessarily what I do do. <laughs> you <laughs> do, do do? Yeah. I do do. What do you do do? I do do. So this is a, a, a disclaimer. So um, we're talking about science careers and we'll talk particularly about maybe an academic science career. And having a couple of kids and trying to balance that is challenging. Challenging. Challenging for anyone in any, any job, I think. Uh, but there are some advantages to the old academic science. Mm-hmm. And one is there is some flexibility. Yeah. So uh, just recently, uh, in fact, just yesterday, today's the 5th of December, so yesterday the 4th, Sean had a pupil-free day from school. Right. Oh, of course, because, uh-huh. yeah, pupil-free days, you got to balance that out. Yeah. Now, um, they're mostly bummers when your parents. I used to love them. She loves them. I've got to take a day off and work from home yep. and look after her. Yep. So academic science does allow that kind of flexibility. Yeah, because you can plan your day. Yeah, you can. I mean, I did do some work. I got on the computer and did this and that. Yep. Um, and, and you know, we went out to Marion and we mucked around a bit too. And we played some video games and had some bonding time. But I had to do some work as well. But I've got that flexibility yes. in academia. Now, one one disadvantage we have here is neither Joyce nor I have any family in Adelaide. So you can't get a babysitter in. So it's a bit more challenging. Yeah. And that's so probably we, quite common amongst scientists. Amongst scientists, I think that would happen. That would happen quite a lot, I think. Yeah. And we noticed definitely because we've had uh, my family uh, visit and we've had Joyce's mum visit a few times for three months at a time and having... Having a family member in the house, an extra family member, really helps mm. with that sort of thing. So that's definitely something that people are into. So my advice would be find yourself some good babysitters, definitely, obviously people you trust, um, and use them when you can. But it's going to be challenging. And the good thing about academia is that it's paid quite well. Yeah. So you can afford babysitters. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've we've got a few people we we, we fall back on. Um, and developing friends. Do you get them from Airtasker? No, no, we haven't done that. <laughs> we've got through friends of friends and things like that. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some advantages. So um, also when kids are sick. Yep. So at a moment's notice, I have had to take time off work to stay home with the kids. Now the disadvantage of that is, of course, there are times in academia when you can't do that. Mm. Like if you're at conferences or if you're giving lectures, you do have deadlines and you do have things that you can't shift around. And that's where you and your partner have to be reasonably well prepared. Mm. And so one thing we do is we keep a calendar and we write well ahead of time what we've got on. Right. Paper calendar? It is a it is a paper calendar. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't we can't haven't, lose that. We can't lose that. Can't lose that. And and, at the, and the other thing is when kids get older, the more activities they're doing. So, for example, around this yeah. time of year, there is uh, school concerts, kindy picnics, you know, lots of stuff like that going on. I mean, this the end of the year is tricky because you've got Halloween as well. Yeah. And so there's lots of stuff going on. And at the moment, our calendar is just covered in pen. Yeah. But you have to plan ahead. If you can plan ahead, you can sort those problems out in advance. Um so often, often as well in academia, you start late, you finish early when you have to. So at the moment in, in my relationship, I'm the full-time worker, yep. but I'm the one whose job is most flexible. So I'm probably the one that will leave early or start late or take days off if, if there's emergencies yeah. with the kids. Well, that's, that's good. That's, that's, perfectly that's the science. That's, that's, that's the thing the, about that's, the that's flexibility That's the way it goes. Science, Joyce is part-time, but her job is not as flexible. I mean, the, the flexibility does have the good thing in that you can be – the one to stay home, if that's the good thing. 
But it also has the other thing where you're often feel compelled to work late or weekends and things like that where other jobs it's just not possible to work late or weekends because the office is locked yeah so that's that's exactly what i've said i've said the extra flexibility is more than made up for by working outside of hours and weekends yeah right so so you know you might miss some work during i might have missed a little bit of work yesterday looking after shauna yeah but that's made up for in evenings and weekends like it is trendy to say how many hours you work and to like talk about how like i don't know 60 hour work weeks or something but genuinely i think in australia we have we work less in academia than say in the states in the states it just seems to be insane from what i've heard the amount that they're expected to work uh mm. sunday morning group meetings for example yeah i've, I've heard it i've never seen it yeah i, I'm, I believe it yeah, yeah, I think yeah. We, we do i think we work a lot in australia but, we, but that i've never heard of the yeah. worst i've ever heard of is, is friday afternoon group meetings yeah and you get but a lot what, of complaints what do you think that. well like what's your hourly week what does your week look like in terms of hours i couldn't week? tell you offhand how many um hours but um i'm down on my uh my workplace agreement, whatever you want to call it, is supposed to be a 38 hour week. Yeah, I, yeah, work, I work you, a hell of a lot more than that. Okay. Absolutely. You got any any feeling for that schmoopy? Uh, well, I'm probably at the university at the moment, probably nine to five. I'm yeah. all right with that. And then just sometimes doing a little bit at home. Yeah. I'm trying not to work outside of hours too much. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. It gets to a point like I'm at the moment, everything I do is creative or being in the lab so it's mm. not a thing to to that suits a grind type atmosphere sure. so yeah yeah good 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 because obviously the, yeah the the more your work creeps into overtime whatever it's just less time with your family mm-hmm. which oh, is, is absolutely good, and that, is it? that that's one of the that's one of the issues i find so so with my job because i do the facility management that does take up quite a, a lot of my core time mm. during the day and so the academic side of it, writing papers, grants, all that sort of stuff, I do tend to do that. I do that at work. I definitely do. But a lot of it I do outside of work hours. Mm. So I do find myself doing that a lot. And so the one thing I would say is it's it's the, the lack of disconnection that scientists, I think, have. We tend to be always connected. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm it, definitely Well, like you're always that. on your phone. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely Checking like out that. your emails. So I asked my wife, Joyce, this morning before she went off to work. So this is, this is one of the days where, so often a lot of days, this is what happens when you have a family and a, a science career, but this would affect most people, is you don't see your partner some days. So like most, most Wednesdays, uh, uh, Tuesdays I should say, for example, Joyce would get up, uh, go to work really early. I take the kids to school and whatnot, kindy. And then if we're doing a podcast on Tuesdays, I'd go straight to the podcast and by the time I come home, everyone's in bed. Yeah. So you wow. have these times where you do not see each other for maybe a day or two. Yeah. And if they're really busy, the same thing can happen as well. Yeah. So yeah. you just gotta you gotta accept that's gonna happen mm. and make sure that you can and the other thing we do is we tend to give each other a night off a week. Mm-hmm. So Thursday nights Joyce will go out with her friends or something like that. Yeah. And she means she gets away from the kids and me. <laughs> which, which which might be a bonus i suppose um and you know what i mean like you got to give it you got to get some time away from everyone and yeah. going to work isn't like that you know yeah, you're yeah. away from your family but it's not the same i asked joyce uh this morning i said uh in terms of balancing family and my career give me a mark out of 10 oh interesting yeah. and she gave me a nine. Oh, 
that's good. And, um, and ten being good, one being bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ten, ten, <laughs> ten being perfect, one being. And she said, you lose one point Ooh. because you don't disconnect enough. Yeah, okay. You bring work home. Yep. Checking emails a lot and things like that. Yeah. So that's something I struggle with. Yeah. And I do do a lot of work outside of hours, and do, so do. that that you know that can cause uh, that can cause problems. And the other the other problem with that is you you're tired a lot. Yeah. Because you, I can't get anything done when the kids are awake, so I'll usually do it once everyone's in bed. And there are a lot of hours between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Yeah. Didn't you say you used to stay up to like two? But you need to change that. Well, I, and I've done that in the past. I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, not do that so much. Mm. But I am a night owl naturally, so I don't tend to start feeling tired till around eleven. Mm. But, but I think you have to accept that there will be times when you're going to have to put in late nights. I think we've all done science long enough to know that 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 does happen on occasion. Yeah. Do you believe night owl is a thing? Uh, I think it is a thing. Morning person, night person. You uh, think it's I'm, a thing? I'm not sure that it's that clear cut. Yeah. But certainly, actually, I get a rush of energy later at night, maybe like nine or ten. If I give into it, I could be writing or working or doing something on verbalize.science until eleven or midnight easily. But I feel like if I just ignore it and let the rush kind of happen. I can then, it, it just doesn't go anywhere. Okay. And then I can just, so maybe it's about giving in to certain moments. Because at about nine, like, I mean, we've had some food. Maybe about now that's energy starting to kick in. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's about just ignoring I mean, those, it, those it could, urges. I, I definitely think when I used to put the kids to bed early, and I yep. still do, I would often fall asleep. Okay. I would often fall asleep for half an hour, an hour, and then wake up. And then you'd have more energy. And then I'd have more energy and go back. Now, that I guess that doesn't mean I'm a night owl. It just means that that's a pattern I got into. Yeah. And right. the other thing is when you're working on computers, that does stimulate your mind. Yeah. So you feel more awake. Yeah. So it, that's, it's quite possible that, that there is not, no such thing as being a night owl. It's just that your environment is influencing you to keep the hours you keep in. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I think just what Chris said. I think it's more of a learned pattern than yeah. yeah right. That's than probably what's else. happened. I've got into this pattern, and it's it's worse now than it used to be. Definitely since I've had kids. Mm. So maybe that's exactly what's happened. All right. Um. So how do you know? So nine out of ten. That's pretty good. Were you how were you uh, chuffed? Oh, chuffed and shocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I could spend more time at work now. What I found amusing was she instantly went to, now you lost a point. <laughs> she was looking at me like, I know you didn't oh. get perfect. Oh. You lost a point. I think she thought that I was going to be, I wasn't going to be happy with nine. That I was you, are be... a, you are the type of guy who's like A plus, right? A plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, do like, I do like approval. Yeah. So um, you, is it going to make you disconnect more or is it going to make you allow yourself to slide back towards the seven? <laughs> do you want a 10 or do you want to pass? Um, so to get a 10, I have to disconnect more. I have to disconnect more. And so I am not doing well at that. We used I'm to have trying. a rule which said... So I'm obviously that, not trying hard enough. And we didn't carry it on, but we used to have a rule where it was we said, from seven, no tech. So books are okay. Uh, no Netflix, no phones. Phones were off and on on charge somewhere and that was actually quite nice we didn't keep it up because we're giving into our monkey brain and being like oh, okay. oh there must be something here for us but maybe that's an option for you is having a little detox and a chance to, to connect turn off your phone at like seven yeah what what are you scared about missing though I guess my, and it is fear, I guess. The fear is that, and I guess it's because this has happened where I've got an email late 
from someone and it's something really urgent. Nothing that is... That if I don't no, sort mate, it out at no, the time, <laughs> mate, the next day no, will be a disaster. No. So I've sorted it no, out at the time. You are... And the next day no, has been awesome. You are a scientist, not a brain surgeon, right? The worst that can happen no. is the next morning you say to that person, I'm sorry, I was... It was late. I clearly didn't get it until I got in this morning. I don't think you it's understand better. how important my job is. <laughs> <laughs> it is better or it is easier to ask for forgiveness and permission, definitely. Yeah, look, uh, mate, mate, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that you're entirely wrong. Yeah, maybe I, I do am need so to, right. Maybe I do need Turn to, that stuff to work off. on that. Yeah. Can you trial it for a week? Is no. that something we could ask you to do? No, I like checking my phone. It's got all my emails on it. Yeah, but that's the thing that... It's, <laughs> It's rubbish. But what do I do about Google Scholar? It gives me updates on my sites. You want me to not check that? Do you do that every night? No. You weirdo. <laughs> Schmoopy, you got questions? I can't believe that. I don't look at my emails after six, after dinner, basically, because I don't want to work anymore. You need to, and if I see an email and it's something important and I feel, I'll feel compelled to write back to it and then, then I'm just working. So yeah, uh, there's no point. Yeah, man, get on that, get on that mouse wheel. It's good fun. <laughs> All right. So my life's about to change. Whoa, I've got sure a baby is. coming. I mean, I've got a dog and a cat, so so you, a baby's just a little bit it's more of an already pretty hard for me. <laughs> I mean, it's similar, except much, 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 much more work. About a billion to the power of a billion times more. But have, very similar apart from that. Have you ever raised a, a black Labrador called Reggie? No, I haven't. No. So you have no idea. No. But uh, visiting you, I've seen he, he was reasonably independent from uh, day one. He was walking, wasn't he? And drinking out of a bowl. Neither, oh, neither yeah. of my kids could do that after a day, trust me. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you asked, you've answered this question already by just asking them, but uh, how do I know if I'm spending enough time with my family? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you've got to ask them, I guess. <laughs> you can ask them. Um, I know when I'm spending too much time with the kids, they start telling me to leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and then you can go and check your phone. So what I do, well, yeah, what I do a lot is I tell them I love them constantly and after a while they're just like, Dad, Dad I say, go away. Uh, Sean, I've got something to tell you. You love me. You love me. Oh, it's so boring, Dad. That's cute. I yeah, like so that. So that's what you do. You just got to smother them with emotion and um, they get sick of that eventually. Uh, also, you know that you're spending enough time when you don't get divorce papers okay. turning up at your office. Okay. Uh, before that, you'll have lots of arguments, I'm sure. So don't worry. You, All right. You, you won't just get, <laughs> won't just get hit with divorce papers, I'm sure. I'm Come sure. on. I feel really reasonably if, certain about that. But I think it is, it is normal, you know, the big thing to learn is that, you know, because there is going to be sleep deprivation for one or both at different times, yeah. it's completely normal to expect you're not going to agree on everything and you are going to fight. Do you That's know what? Completely like, normal. So Sophie, and to not freak out when you fight. Sophie jumped up on the bed once and she's, she's really annoying to sleep with because she twitches and barks and does stuff. And we woke up maybe once or twice in the night for a couple of moments. And, oh, I was so tired the next day. <laughs> oh, I could barely function. All right. I, I cannot express my derision right now adequately. So I'm just going to say nothing. <laughs> Sounds horrible, Andy. It was. Thank you, Shruby. <laughs> uh, so at the moment it's summer and I play cricket in summer. Ooh, is that so, a sport? 
It's a sport. Mm. So with cricket, um, I spend from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. on uh, every Saturday. No, maybe <laughs> Whoa. 11 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. every Whoa. Saturday and then two hours every Tuesday and two hours every Thursday uh, at cricket. Yeah. I didn't realise cricket. Cricket. Cricket was so time that's intensive. A, that's the short version of the game, my friend. So do you think I should uh, keep playing cricket? So look... Uh, I, I think a temporary <laughs> retirement might be a good idea. Um, you got to play a little bit by ear. Everyone says it's a nightmare, but it will vary considerably from child to child. Some kids are really good sleepers. I mean, there are a lot of work no matter what, but some kids are really good sleepers and and some parents, you know, those lucky bastards get loads of sleep in the early phases. So, yeah. but, but I think you got to play it by ear a little bit. I, I probably wouldn't commit to uh, <laughs> cricket, you know, once the baby's born. And wait and see a little bit if that's possible. Mm. I think you've got to judge it a bit as it goes. So, you Eddie, you think you have 10 hours free every week to play cricket? I mean, I do. <laughs> I don't want to play cricket, though, uh, so you can have my hours. Ah, oh, okay, good. That's generous of you. And so, I, you know, I have a bit of family time at the moment with the dog. So, walk, walking the dog every morning, um, uh, pat the cat five minutes a day, something like that. <laughs> Cats seem like hard work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this family time going to increase, you think, <laughs> with children? Or is a walk in the morning and a pat in the afternoon? So I think I think uh, you can save some time by ignoring the cat. <laughs> oh, you think that that's five wasted minutes? I think that's five wasted minutes. You, you can save those five minutes. I, I would suggest you uh, you sleep those five minutes. Um, uh, look, I, you know, getting out and walking the dog, I don't think that's that's really all that bad. And the dog's not going anywhere. Well, the dog's going to be around and part of the family. And, and so what's going to be worse, a dog not exercised or a dog that's had its walk? Mm. In the long term, you're going to be better off walking the dog. So I would definitely keep that going. One thing I would say is if you can keep your physical exercise going, I would recommend that because <laughs> for I think nearly nearly – Seven years, I stopped doing that, and now that's why I, I put on a couple of Ks. So, so I would definitely keep exercise going. You might just have to modify your exercise program to not include cricket for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, jogging, bit of gym, bit of lifting. Andy, what exercise would you recommend? Uh, so, waking up, standing up, walking to the shower, sitting down, having a poo, standing up again, walking back to the oh. bed. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> there, marathon run. <laughs> You didn't get out of the shower to have a poo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're that lazy. That's an, you're, you're saving calories by pooing in the shower. That's hey, disgusting. Look, we've all got to do our bit for the planet. And <laughs> well that's done, Snoop. You just caught him out then. <laughs> shower pooer. Um, so, uh, sorry, yeah. I'll just move on. Yeah. Do, do that, please. <laughs> Balancing work-life, uh, work-life balance with, with partners and children. Do you think you work more or less now than when than when you had oh. a a wife and b uh, children? Excellent. I actually forgot to talk about this. Thank you for reminding me. So, I would say when I found out that Joyce was pregnant, um, that was when I really thought I have to get fucking serious now. Yeah, like I have to get serious about this this science this, thing. Uh, job so thing. i wouldn't say i wasn't i wasn't working hard up until that point but certainly after that it, it really hit home right i gotta gotta get this sorted as best i can and so it did give me a a real boost in terms of trying a lot harder mm-hmm. so i would have to say i probably do work more now than i did pre-children yeah which is the irony because you have a lot less time yeah um and that's, that's so you burn, you are sort of burning the candles a bit at both ends i think 
And that, that's where the, the problems come in. It's, it all comes down to, to tiredness, really, and how you manage that. <laughs> it's a shame you can't bank sleep. <laughs> Joyce and I used to talk about that. Like, yeah. we just, we'll just take five days and just sleep five days and then we'll be fine. Yeah. It doesn't so work you, that yeah, way, So you can build up a sleep debt. Yeah. But you can't. Surplus, no. So, yeah, yeah. There's no surplus. Sleep surplus. Yeah. Um, do you really think it's just a matter of loss of sleep or do you think that your hobbies or you've saved time in other ways? Um, yeah, you do less too, yeah. <laughs> you definitely do a lot less for a while. There's, there's no getting around it, you know. You've got no choice but to do less of other things. So definitely, yeah, my social life definitely dropped significantly for quite a while. I really started to look forward to those every second Friday drinks because that was really the only chance I'd get for quite a while. So yeah, your social life will take an impact. I think the advantage you guys have is that you've got a lot of family in Adelaide. We yep. talked about that before. And you've got a pretty good network of friends in Adelaide. And oh, you've, got, you've got some friends um, as well who are like you've got uh, Dolce Ombro who's got kids as well. Yeah. So you've got uh, you've got people around, and of course me, wealth of knowledge. You've got <laughs> uh, other people you know that you can that you can converse with about the 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 uh, imminent pain you're about to go through. Mm. So yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I will not be helping with <laughs> child stuff. You can talk to Andy about I know. it, but you won't. Okay, get anything, good. You won't get anything useful. Yeah. So I heard on the radio once, I think I was in my teenage years, One of the and I was listening to AM radio. Yeah. I imagine I was in the car with Dad. Lovely. Because that's when you listen to AM radio. Yeah. Amplitude modulation. And it was a successful person. I don't even know what he was, but he was giving advice on how to become a successful person. Yeah. And I guess at the time I was thinking, oh, I might be one of them. <laughs> I want to be a successful person. Let's have a listen to what he says. And he said, you can only have one hobby. Yeah, right. And he said, if you have children, that's your hobby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think you... Look, I think you can have a hobby. I don't think that's entirely true. No, what's your hobby? Um, going to the gym. No, fuck off. Only that's, recently. It's not yeah, a hobby. <laughs> since July 13. Uh, <laughs> watching telly. Not a hobby. Uh, um, can't leave a calibration. That's a job. Uh, fuck. I think right, watching telly is a... Bit of a hobby, but it's not like it's not taking up that much time. I just rolled my eyes. It is not a hobby. But it's like detracting you from a hobby. But watching television is like your leisure time, and a yeah, hobby is a leisure a ho- activity. No, Going hobby- to the movies, ah, drinking beer. Look, a hobby if barbecues. If, if watching a let's have a look, watching a film or something on TV, and then writing a blog about it or being known as a person, like it becomes more than just a, a passive. Oh, thing. I'm right? rebuilding a Ford Mustang. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> that's, a, that's the best lie you've said ever. <laughs> um, Is, did you get that from Tim the Toolman Taylor? Does an imaginary hobby count? <laughs> as long as you're spending time did, thinking think did, about yeah. it, I think so. Yeah. Uh, nice reference as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so look, hobbies are active. They're not passive. Hobbies don't, you don't sit there and be like, yeah. like hobbies are bettering yourself. You know, whether, like I said, even if you're watching movies to write about them or engage someone about them or produce content about them, I think that's then a reasonable hobby. But okay. to be completely passive about it, no hobby. So, but you're just saying that he can't call that a hobby. But my successful guy on the radio saying you can only have one hobby. Yep. He doesn't say you can also watch 10 hours of TV a night, does he? <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> because, not. That's because right. Andy doesn't think that's a hobby. That's not a hobby. 
Yeah. That's just wasting time because you don't like your life. But I watch a lot of documentaries. <laughs> I watch a lot of documentaries on uh, on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. That's, and podcasts. Yeah. Does that count? Actually, your hobby. <laughs> you've got a hobby. This. Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, this is my hobby. Yeah, yeah, there you go. you got a hobby already, Cameron. No yeah, worries. No more. No more for you, mate. This is my one. I, look, is this I, a hobby? See, yeah. I, think, I think this is work. This we, is we creating. We did this one last time. This oh, we did talk about this. Yeah. This is work. Yeah. Yeah, this is work, man. Yeah. Well, this- what is my hobby then? Raising my children. Yeah. He's absolutely That's right. It. Children. Holy shit. I think being watching television is a hobby. Yeah. yeah. When you watch it as well as I do. Uh, yeah, I've got Thoughts. one little thing to talk about, and that is what what does ki- what do kids do to your career in terms of publication rates and things like that? Don't know. So I had an interesting I had an interesting little uh, couple of situations where when both my kids were born, um, I was writing discovery grants, and the different people I spoke to had very different opinions on what you should. Are you guys playing footsie <laughs> under there about what you should? Because because I talked to someone who said you should definitely mention that when you're talking about your track record. Because then rope. that will say how you haven't been super uh, successful. Because it might you explain kids. why you haven't been publishing no, you quite as much. Only only include that if you actually took time off. Yeah. So I I mentioned this. I said, look, I'm not the primary caregiver. I guess I'm not the one taking time off to stay at home. Although you know you do take time off at different times. Um, and they said, yeah, you should definitely mention it. It humanizes you. It shows a commitment. Blah 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 blah. And then other people I spoke to were like, absolutely not. Do not do that. Do not yeah. do that at all. So there is some mixed opinion out there. I think expecting a small drop-off in publication rate is not unusual. Yep. I don't think it always happens. Hang on, three a week, like Schmoopy did last week. You might have to ex- you might have to go down for you three might a week. Drop, <laughs> drop to one per week, Schmoopster. And, and 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 that's fine. So look, I think that's normal. Um, although like I said, I, I actually looked up a few different scientists and I didn't see for some much of a drop at all. Hmm. So there you go. That's really all I've got to say about balancing family and science. Boom. Our next section is science this, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. And this week, the activity is listening. What? What'd you say? Such a dad joke. I was going to do it. Yeah, both of you. That's it. No more. I didn't. I didn't. No I I more. Do right, it. that's it. End of the podcast. Huh? No more. What? Too many dad jokes. I get, what? Hey. Listening. Listening. What? Listening. Listening. Um, do you do it every day? You don't, Gibbo. Huh? I do. I listen constantly. Yeah. I at least look like I'm listening. Yeah, right. Cameron, are you, do you feel like you're a good listener? Uh, when I when I try to be, yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can. I think Chris with his two pairs of glasses on his face uh, makes him look like a better listener than he really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good segue for mm. mine because I found a paper. Ooh. Oh, found what? a paper, 2010, Uh-oh. in the International <laughs> Journal of Listening. Uh. Oh, okay, that's not Imp- that's not one I got. Mine's from twenty ten. <laughs> impact factor. International Journal of Listening. No idea what the impact factor is. I'm not going to. Did Google you unranked? It. Unranked. Yeah. Did you just Google the journal first, or, or did you? No, I actually typed in what I wanted to find out, okay. and this one came up. So well done, International Journal of Listening. Uh, it's called the influence of message paraphrasing on perceptions of listening skill. Ooh. 
Okay. It's a lot of words, isn't it? Yeah. You get I'm it? Throwing that paper so, in the air. Yeah, that's right. Tell me a story. No. Tell me a story, Andy. So once I wasn't listened to. I don't know why it's a musical. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm starting not I'm to performing. listen. Quick. <laughs> um, so this is, so this paper, I Googled it, and it was one of the top ones that came up. But it, it's about this idea, you've, you've heard it, active listening. Mm-hmm. Right, ready. What you're about to see? Some active listening. Right? Active Watch. listening. Watch. Active listening. Active. Yeah. No, listening. that's just nodding, Gibbo. <laughs> that's just nodding. Mm. Like, mm. Be mm. careful mm. nodding mm. your head yeah. around without. Mm. Oh no, sorry, being nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may. Oh, you're gonna make a nose joke. I know. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, all right. Gloves are off now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're all told we need to actively listen. Mm. Right. Yep, actively listen. And a part of exactly a part of this is paraphrasing the message back to the person, right? The message oh, back no, to no, the so person. You just, so you say it back to them in a different way. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that was incredible. Well done. You even got me. I was like, yeah, yeah. And I don't actually felt a connection. I just did it before him, and yeah, you didn't but his, say was, his was better. <laughs> you didn't notice he was paraphrasing. So no, that's right. I was yeah. like, wow, yeah, no, it is that. So I now feel connected. To uh, Schmoopy more than you, Gibbo, right? Yeah, that, because of That's that, the that active listening. That's the your favourite after all. Um, so, in this paper, they say little empirical... Im, Im, empirical. Em, empirical. 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 Yeah, empirical. A-M-P-R-I-C-A-L. Empirical. Research has uh, examined specific elements of active listening responses in terms of their effectiveness, achieving the desired interpersonal outcome. So, listening isn't necessarily just about the passing of information. Mm-hmm. It is about connecting with someone. It's about connection. It's about connection. <laughs> You're just saying the You're same thing You're just saying the back. same. Yeah, you've you got to rephrase it. Oh, sorry. All right. I'll get but the Good try. <laughs> yeah. Good try. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> You're doing your best. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. what... What I was thinking is, how many ways are there to show, other than this idea of paraphrasing the message back, how many ways are there of showing that you're actually listening? Because what I'm measuring is the the amount that the person being listened to feels a sense of connection between you. Because really, that's what it's about. Oh, so you're, you're, you're taking the speaker's perspective. The listener's... Oh, yeah, the speaker's perspective on the listener's listening okay <laughs> holy hell all right okay yeah. so you're you're discussing the comprehension of the the listener um no i'm i'm measuring how much that the talker yes or the yeah uh, is feels like the listener is listening oh okay all right because that's ultimately what we care about in listening because you just need like anyway so what i'm doing is measuring all these things first thing is this message paraphrasing, which is quite simple to do. Well, okay. for Schmoopy. Um, the other thing is like, yeah, you know, you were doing it before nodding. Yep. Lips. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, I don't think kissy face no. is a, <laughs> it's a really It's really <laughs> anusy. Mm. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, so there's a, there's a range of things that can happen. We're obviously going to measure each one of those. But one thing I think is obviously to keep it, to keep it control, we're at the point now of the uncanny valley of robots whoa right okay close enough to humanoid that it makes you feel awkward yeah i know what the uncanny valley is yeah so now we've got robots that like oh make people feel a bit uncomfortable so what i'm doing is using this active listening to make the person feel comfortable to actually make robots 
overcome that uncanny valley. Does that make sense? Paraphrase it for me. <laughs> so the robots at the moment look weird. Yep. Yes. Active listening can help people feel like they've been listened to. Mm-hmm. Robots at the moment don't do any sort or don't give any feedback in terms of they feel like they're, you feel like they're not listening to you. Okay, because they, they're not doing the nodding. They're not nodding. They're, they're, they're not, not mm-hmm, they're, they're not, not paraphrasing. The, the they're doing the lips. Yeah, that's right. So my, my control is a robot that is just like stock standard out of the factory. Yep. And we're going to get each of you to talk to the robot. And oh. you're going to tell me, do you feel listened to or okay. not? What, right. can I, what can I say to the robot? Well, well um, let's say... How, Your news for yeah, the week. Yeah, news for the week. You could do oh, that. As much as I want? Yeah. <laughs> You'd love that. This is awesome. <laughs> this is the best science this you've ever done. <laughs> by a long way. And then uh, let's have a look. So then you'll say like, well, I, I assume you'll be like, oh, I don't really feel listened to. Right? Well, I don't think Chris is the first person. No, he, I don't think he I, notices when people don't listen yeah, to him. I can talk to that. Picture of a head on the wall and just and feel really listening. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, everyone but Chris needs to be in this then. Um, He's the other control. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm the other extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. And so, but there's a point, right, where like nodding and mm hmm and paraphrasing works. And then there must be a bell curve where too much of it and the robot's just interrupting people. Yes. See. I just translated it. I'm just trying to like work out. So, so yeah. So, tell me about your day, uh, Cameron. Well, I got up early uh, this morning. Uh, yeah, it's early because I wanted to work really hard. It's hard working hard. It is. It is. So when we work. go home, and, but I was and, sick, so I I didn't even. Uh, you were sick go to today. Hang on. Did you vomit? Um, squirts or vomit? <laughs> one of those two that one isn't two. active listening or you're both. just asking questions yeah oh so i'm doing it wrong sorry sorry anyway sorry. so there's a moment where it gets annoying um but what we're doing is measuring the bell curve of the list the person speaking and where they feel most comfortable we're going to encode that into our robot overlords and then they're going to manipulate us into doing what we want okay All right. Okay. Can we, let's just assume that I've made my statement about robot overlords. Okay. Shall we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. You're not going to do your grovel. All right. Look, we all know that one day the robot's <laughs> going to take over, and it's it's for those of us who want to survive, we need to start groveling to them now. So our robot overlords that Andy's talking about perfecting, I have no problem being your servant and slave. <laughs> Cameron and Andy apparently have some problems. Uh, do with them what you will. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, interestingly, the paper that I found said the results of the analysis indicated that message paraphrases were associated with social attractiveness of the listener, Ooh. right? But were not associated with participants' conversational satisfaction or perceptions of feeling understood. Oh, it so didn't. It didn't. So they felt oh. like like the, the person was more attractive for being involved, yes. but it didn't increase. So... Look, I guess if they've paraphrased wrongly so many times, then maybe, yeah, maybe they don't feel listened yeah. to or like or yeah. understood. All right, very good, Gibbo. What you got for us, mate? All right, well, you know, as usual, it's the same topic. We're all gonna we're all approaching this in different ways. All right. So I'm looking at this in terms of you're looking at it sort of from the speaker's point of view, which was interesting. Yeah. I didn't think of that actually. Yeah. I'm looking at it from how to listen. And perhaps this is something that 
people have mentioned in passing I need to work on. <laughs> Every now and then. I like the way you think it. that it's in passing. They probably have told you. <laughs> I can't recall it. I haven't listened all that effectively. So I'm I'm trying I'm gonna try and work on my listening. All right. So I'm I looked up I didn't look up any papers, but I did look up some interweb websites. Oh, nice. Life hacker? Life 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 hacker. Wiki how and um <laughs> Uh, and I've, I found some useful information that is supposedly based on science. All right, give it okay. to us. But I've also got a couple of things I'm bringing to the table that good. I think are pretty good. Oh, so right. I look forward to that. You will. You will look forward to it. You will. Well, we are. <laughs> <laughs> you well. will, and you'll love it. Um, now here we go. So I'm talking about a very specific kind of listening, and it's a listening that all academics are familiar with: listening to talks. Oh. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you're not in science, this is something scientists have to do reasonably regularly. They have to sit in a room with a bunch of other scientists and listen to someone talk about their research. Yeah. Now, I'd say most of us have struggled with that in the past because sometimes, depending on the speaker, you may find yourself falling asleep. I have seen many an academic fall I have asleep. certainly seen people in the audience fall asleep while I'm talking. <laughs> well, many that's, times. It's understandable, isn't it? Many, many times. And I think some of this advice would work well on them. I have myself felt a bit drowsy at times. Did you snore then? Are you falling asleep now? <laughs> I thought I heard you no, snore. No, you did a big breath. Oh, sorry. I thought it was a snore. I thought you were, you were falling asleep already. Anyway, um, so this is about how to stay alert, how to stay focused, and how to listen. Alert but not alarmed. Exactly. So one thing you need is you need sleep. You just need before the sleep. talk. Not not probably not just before, <laughs> but regular good amounts of rest. All right. What would you say is the optimum amount of sleep to get per night? Eight hours. Hey, pretty good. Schmoops. Well, yeah, depending between six and eight depends on the person. Okay, according to the Sleep Foundation, between seven to nine. So you're both pretty close. There well, I was right in the middle. You were right. You were right. Nine in the is a lot of sleep. I could. I would oh, consider that quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, you and your new baby on the way. Mm. Kiss goodbye. Sleep, Gibbo. You haven't slept properly in years, I imagine. Yeah, I don't Me, sleep at all now. I'll get at least eight hours a night. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- interestingly, there is. You can sleep too much. So if you go past ten, you actually mm. start. Uh, it starts affecting performance uh, as if you're getting four or five. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's quite bad. So don't sleep too much, everyone. But good rest will allow you to be more alert. Stimulants. Coffee. Having a coffee. ADHD drugs. Really? Uh, Yeah, I guess. If you're willing to... That's not breaking the law, is it? If you've got a prescription. Cocaine. Cocaine. That is breaking the law. But any kind of stimulant will help you pay attention and stay awake. Anyway, so a stimulant is obviously going to help. Now, one thing I disagree with with the website is they said you should drink water. Staying hydrated will help you stay awake, but yeah. I think it'll just send you to the toilet. Only because you've got the like an old man's <laughs> willy where all your valves are weak. So certainly for someone of my age, drinking a lot of water before a talk is a bad idea. You're, you will not listen. You'll simply be sitting there trying not to wee. Your valves are like this. All right, just a little bit through. Yeah. Go on. Just get through. Oh, oh go on. Let the rest yeah. out. But that's—I mean—coffee does the same thing, so you gotta be a little careful with that when you're at my age. Uh, now, also, do you have a good flow? Like, a yeah, good- yeah, no, it's fine. yes, it's fine. <laughs> yes, I've got good flow <laughs> because, is- like, the prostate thing—you no, gotta be careful it's, it's with it's that. All hunky dory. All right, it's, all, it's, it's just all, leaks. It's all hunky dory. No, it doesn't leak. <laughs> well, that's but it will eventually if you've it, got it, such a weak. It, it leaks when I want it to leak. <laughs> 
is the only way I can describe but it. But it needs to leak regularly. Oh, that's enough. Have you got right. cystitis? No. Uh, eat something like a protein bar just before the talk. No, I would have oh, thought yeah? that wasn't necessarily a good idea. Well, because it makes you, you when you eat, you, want to, you just fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wouldn't have thought that was a good idea. But the website said eating protein beforehand helps with circulation or some such yeah, rubbish. Yeah, great. All right. So, some such rubbish. Some such rubbish. So the other one is some, <laughs> some sun exposure because that affects your circadian rhythms. All right. So getting out in the sun. So some sun exposure before the, tw- the talk will help your, uh, your body stay awake and listen. Now, the other thing they've got is chewing gum. Apparently that helps with circulation as well. And as long as you're not chewing too loud and disrupting the speaker, that will also help oh, you pay I attention. Looking across and seeing those yeah, that jaws. Is, that like, is another one I'm not overly keen on. Right? Now, these things I've described, they help keep you awake. They don't help you listen. So one thing, two, two special Gibson techniques. The first one, I think being interested in the topic helps you listen. Right? Yeah. Doing some research on what the talk is about, I think would help people ah. be interested and help people listen. So Certainly helps a, me. You've got a base level of knowledge from I have done to... this before and it does definitely help me All listen. Right. Now the other one, and this is this is this is the avant-garde. This is the the, the real innovative, innovative bit. Innovative. Ask the chair before the talk to insist on asking you a question. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like yeah. So you say to the chair, you say, right. You, you know, you're the chair of the, you're chair of the, what do we all fear as chairs of, of, of sessions? No questions. No questions. No one asks it. So if someone comes yes. up to me and says, oi, chair, make sure you ask me a question. I'm first cab off the ramp. <laughs> ask me two questions. Ask me three. three. Get yeah. me to ask three questions yeah. and I will do it. And I, I know when you're chair, you have to ask a question and I pay much more attention to talks when I know I'm expected to ask a question. That yeah. is gold, Gibbo. Yeah, that's if my I'm, bit of gold. If I'm chair there, Gibbo asks me, hey, make me ask a question at the end. Yeah. I'm sitting there through the whole whole talk thinking, what's Gibbo's deal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would he do that? Is he going to threaten to kill this guy yeah, at the end? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose what you could do is you, you could say to the person, look, I'm really worried about falling asleep during this talk and not listening. Uh-huh. Ask, tell me that I'm going to, you know, force me to ask a question and I'll pay attention. You could even, you could give the game away. Yeah. Do, do, when you are yeah, about to give yeah, a be talk. Honest. Yeah, be absolutely honest. Yeah, <laughs> honesty is the best policy. And the chair will be like, absolutely, no so, problem. So when you're listening to the talk and you're about at the end and you feel like you've got a good question and you want to ask it, I actually remember quite a feeling of anxiety building just like, should I ask it? Should I not ask it? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, do you yeah. get that same like rush? I think that's almost what I get most nervous at the moment. Yeah. You know, putting my hand up to ask a question. Yeah, because you're like, oh my God, I, have I misunderstood something? Is, yeah. Has he said it? Is, and as you get older, professors don't give a shit about that. So anyway, my point being that anxiety, mm. like that feeling would certainly keep you engaged. Fear. Use fear. Fear. Yeah. Use fear. And boom. Gibbo. It took a while to get to the really awesome stuff. <laughs> I know, it's all I know. Good. We really waited through some drops there, didn't we? Yeah. But the awesome stuff was awesome. But <laughs> I really like, I, lo- I feel like now... P-poppers should go out there, try this, yeah. and see if they pay more attention. Yeah, the only downside for me is anyone out there who's going to chair a session who sees me in the audience is going to be like, Gibbo, uh, yeah. I, I know you've got a question. Yeah, yeah. Bummer. Well, that's, that's going to help. That'll help you. I mean, yeah. why why sit through it for the hour of the oh, talk if you're man, not going to pay attention? It's fucking agony. I don't want to listen to them all the time. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. do your research beforehand and get interested. Yeah, I know. Right, yeah. Maybe I played that up a bit. Yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All you need to do is Wikipedia as a subject and you'll love it. Yeah. Or just search your phone. Well, I'll tell you on. what. <laughs> Tell you what they could do worse. is the speaker could do a verbalised dot science before they give their talk to get Ooh. people interested Ooh. and a base level of information before Ooh. they go in. Oh, oh, little pitch there. Oh my god, verbalised dot science. Like it. Use it. Yeah. Shmoopy. I've been looking at some papers on listening. Oh, is it from the International Journal of Listening? No, the Listening Journal. The paper that I that really got me going today Ooh. while I was doing my oh, that the journal's just called Twit, Listen. Twit. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Twit true. From 2010, in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, yep. PNAS, yep. Um, mm. some people found that um, there was neuronal coupling <sighs> between a speaker and a listener. The old neuronal coupling. So you mean the same neurons or same part of the brain light up? Yes, in the in the exchange of information, it's like a so telepathic link. When so they had a, a a person who would who spoke a story in Russian, yeah, and they had their they were monitoring their brain with a functional MRI instrument, yeah, um, they they saw then which parts of the brain lit up, and they then put in people who um, could understand the Russian. They had them in the instrument listening to the same story. And then they found that the, at the exact same moments in the story, the exact same parts of their brain were lighting up. Mm. And then their control experiment were people in the MRI who didn't understand Russian. So they couldn't understand the story and they didn't have the same temporal uh, location of the uh, brain lighting up. So it's the just story. not related to the sounds, but the actual uh, yeah, so there's, content of the... So there's a true neuronal... Connection, coupling. Yeah. coupling that occurs when somebody is listening well. Okay. And well. so they also had Russian speakers in there um, and who, uh, and at the end, they also had them fill in a questionnaire, kind mm-hmm. of what, so the person's, they told a story about their life. Yeah. And they said a questionnaire afterwards and the people who, who didn't really get the perfect matchup with it, even though they could understand the Russian, yeah. they, they also did badly in the questionnaire. Yeah. Okay. So, so the people who understood it, there's a neuronal coupling that's occurring for good listening. Mm. All right. Mm. All right. Mm. And so then, mm. my science this is I'm trying to think how can we get this neuronal coupling to happen faster. So if two people have a neuronal coupling occurring before they even start speaking, are we going to have a higher chance of the person listening better? Are we talking telepathy here? <clears throat> Oh, that would be good, a good place to go. A good form, yeah. So <clears throat> you, could put, you could put a helmet on the person about to speak and get mm-hmm. them to think about the story that they're about to tell. Yeah. And then you could get that, put it on the other person, yeah. prime their brain broadly, mm-hmm. and then give them the details later yep. that's what i'm thinking yeah that's that's where i'm going towards. all right okay yeah. so i think that that's that's kind of what my science this is gonna be yeah um the yeah the thing on the head is where i'm a little bit stuck so i don't get it you put the thing that's... on the head and someone thinks and then you put the cap on someone else and they and think the, it, it as well no so no it it's not the i don't think that there's there's no cap movement everyone's walking around with caps on all right <laughs> 
Uh, no, now this is starting to sound like science. This the eye right. cap. <laughs> <laughs> the eye cap. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty oh, you're good. In. You're Fuck in. It, I'm listening now. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm A on bit board. of neuronal coupling. Oh just yeah, man. I'm, I'm in. I'm oh, in. Oh, I yeah. felt it. I felt <laughs> the earthquake. Freeway neuronal coupling going on here. That's exciting. All right. All right. So caps going on. We engage in eye contact. That's the sign for our our neuron eye caps to couple. Yeah. Oh, bing, bing. oh, very good. They start sending the signal. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what this signal is going to be. So the functional MRI looks at blood flow to the brain. Yeah. So perhaps we have a series of taps within our brain uh, and then the functional <laughs> yeah. MRI opens and closes the blood flow to the different areas to get them really going fast. So you yeah. can manipulate um, brain function with magnetic fields. So you could have high-powered magnetic fields that that simulate or, or can you imagine like walking bra- past yeah. one of those um, people that collect like coins for charity and just all the coins <laughs> flying to yeah. everyone's heads? Yeah, that could work. That could work. Fine. Yeah. All right, I was looking for scientific evidence of how to change someone's brain patterns. I'm I'm glad that Chris has said that works. So yeah. we'll go with yep. that. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with okay. that. So magnetic fields on the caps at magnetic fields, priming that we're about to speak. Uh, we've got our neuronal coupling occurring before I speak. I believe then that Chris is more likely to understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. So my science, this would be to to complete that experiment. So we're doing our same controls. I go up to someone and and I speak in English. I tell them a story, questionnaire afterwards. Same thing, I go up to a Russian person and speak to them in English and we see how they go. Nice. And I will then know, is it possible to prime listening via premeditated neuronal coupling. Oh, I like it. Big words. Oh, Big words. And the eye cap, of course. I love it. Yeah, very good, very good. Will people's hair cover it if you have hair <laughs> or will everyone? No, no. it's a bold person's dream. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's wearing them. Everyone will just have the same. It's, it's kind right. of like a, a very thin bike helmet, you know, you yeah, know what I'm okay. thinking of is what rugby players wear. They oh, have the, yeah. Oh, yeah, the padded yeah. Thing. The, Like a padded type yeah. thing on top of their head. Yeah. Unfortunately, if technology advances, it might get really small. Yeah. You could just attach it to your, oh, yeah. Almost, to your temple. Or you just like, yeah, like you lift up the whole scalp, place it in, and then the scalp goes back oh, on. Oh, yeah, again. yeah. Nice. Brain I mean, if I was doing thing, that, yeah. I'd have my like scalp replaced. Uh, yeah. if they're taking it off anyway yeah yeah, that's right fair enough <laughs> alright well done Agreed. everyone yeah no everyone did pretty good today I think a collective boom one two three boom, boom. <laughs> music is provided by the awesome Adelaide based band Voice Rum go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website also remember to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app like our Facebook page join in the forum hey, it Animad.net and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast because that makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside. And we like that feeling. We love, love it. it. Cameron, love it so sponsor for the week. You were just listening to Published Perishable Podcast and it was brought to you this week by our future sponsor, the ICAP. Ah, oh, yes. yes. Neuronal couple with your mates before yes. your mates. <laughs> the greatest I-cap. thing the two of you have ever come up with. Brilliant. Unbelievable. Final Goodbye. Bye. Bye.